Profiles in Business, my name is Kyle Marshall. You know, we hear it all the time. We know that nutrition is important. I think everyone understands at this point what foods we should not be shoveling into our faces at every moment of the day. So then why is it so hard to stick to it? Well, my guest today, Megan Barefoot, has the bold claim that there is no such thing as good or bad food. We just need to make sure we have moderation. And even, to spoil something that she says later on in this episode, moderation of moderation. Megan is the owner of No Shoes Nutrition, and I recently caught up with her on a Zoom call. Thank you so much for having me here, Kyle. You know, we've talked before. We've even talked on a podcast before. You have this, this thing that you focus on called holistic nutrition. And I want to know a little bit more about that. Like, what does that even mean? So at No Shoes Nutrition, um, we are not technically registered dietitians, registered nutritionists. We are experts in nutrition of a different source. So we are called certified holistic nutrition consultants. And we study at a different school and we go through a different process. And when we look at nutrition or when we talk about nutrition with people, we talk about how you feed yourself from several different areas of your life. For example, you may be hungry for something. The first thing most people go to is food. But when we really dig a little bit deeper, especially over the last couple of years, like what are you truly hungry for? A lot of times in the last couple of years, it's been for social experience, right? Like getting out and having a conversation, being social with people. We've been missing that. We're hungry for it. So what have we done? We've turned to food. When we're looking at your life holistically, we're looking at all the areas, including like creativity, finances, your career, your home cooking, your physical activity, your social life, your relationships. We look at a whole bunch of different areas and make sure there's balance. Mm. And it doesn't have to be perfection in all areas. I actually do it as like this pie where there's different areas, different slices of the pie. If there's one area, say your career, that's really stressful and really not feeding you anymore in your life, then we have to figure out how to balance that in you know, that's not really my specialty, but I will find you someone to have like a career coach or somebody to, to bring you balance into that area so that you're not turning to food, right? So right. that's one little thing that we do as holistic nutritionists. The other thing we do is that we also ask you a bazillion questions. And I, that's not an exaggeration. We ask a lot of questions about little things that are going on with your body. And that gives us an idea of what signs and symptoms your body's giving you to tell you what it needs for nutrition. But we're never taught how to interpret these little signs and symptoms. So they just become little nagging things that happen. Like you get a headache every couple of days or you have itchy skin or your dry lips or things we just deal with on a regular basis, a little constipation here and there. That's just your normal. When we ask you all these questions and we put all those little signs and symptoms together, it can point us in an area of your body. Like, are you getting enough fats? Does your liver need support? Is your thyroid working optimally? And we can get the right nutrition with the right foods into your body to help alleviate those signs and symptoms. Going back to this pie that you're creating with holistic nutrition, am I able to eat pie? <laughs> yes, absolutely. There's no such thing as a good or bad food. Mm -hmm. There's great choices. There's middle of the road choices and there's poor choices, but we have to even think about moderation and moderation, right? So I say everything in moderation, including moderation, like every once in a while, you may just need to eat some pie, 
you know, and really enjoy the pie. And then it goes away, right? Your body may be craving something and we need to indulge. Sometimes we eat for our body and sometimes we eat for our soul. Right? Like, yeah, but I, I think it's such an important point that you brought up here just a few moments ago about how humans need a whole bunch of things to feel accepted, love, appreciated. Yeah. yeah, to be vulnerable for a second. You know, sometimes when I get like into my depression or something like that, or you're feeling bad or sad. It's like, well, you know, like a pizza is just a phone call away. You know, that thing that can just feed your body, and somehow you take the the goodness of that that gives you. It becomes an issue if that's an everyday sort of thing. How do you? figure that out meaning like if someone was to come to you where in the in the journey is it like okay we have our food that we're talking about here but we also are talking about the i guess yeah the non-nutritional stuff when when does that come into the conversation so when i work with someone we have weekly Mm check-ins 30 minutes and one of the first things i've noticed when i started doing this is that my clients will right away want to jump in and tell me everything they think went wrong. Like I didn't do this. I couldn't get this. I ate a pie. I had a bag of chips, blah, blah, blah. You know, all of these things that they've deemed somewhere in their psyche as bad for them. And that starts the conversation around, well, what was the trigger? What triggered you to reach for, like you were saying, when I get into my depressed moments, pizza is only a phone call away. What triggered that? We go right back to the root. I always try to get to the root with everything, like what's happening in your body, with what's happening in your emotions. We are emotional beings. And right from the get-go, when we were born, food became an emotion because we not only received food from our mothers, but along with that was a lot of love and care. And when we cried, we showed emotion. That was our communication that we were hungry. A lot of people, the very first conversation I have with them, I have to have a box of Kleenex right next to me because emotions come up with food. And so we talk about those triggers. What what triggered that moment of depression for you or low moods or anxiety or sadness or whatever emotion you're feeling that had you turned to food? Then we come up with other ideas. Could you go for a walk? Could you call a friend instead of the pizza guy, <laughs> right? Like you're looking, you got the phone in your hand already. Like, is there another number we the can pizza dial? pizza delivery man is my best friend though. So that's the issue. <laughs> so maybe you go for coffee with him mm-hmm. instead of like your pizza. But no, for real, like, is there some other coping mechanism we can bring in? Also, like how much other things do you have in like physical activity mm-hmm. and creativity and spirituality and things like that do you have in your life where that or how was that balanced as well because those kinds of things can be great segues into an emotional relief as yeah. well i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but what's i think so fascinating that you brought up megan is that what it sounds like is that there seems to be there's a lot of shame involved in nutrition, exercise, that sort of thing. The ideals that we kind of put upon ourselves. Is that something that you notice from people? hundred percent, a hundred percent, because there's a lot of like body shaming, especially for women, yeah. right? Or guilt around eating like, oh, I ate this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they feel guilty about it, closet eaters. And there's a lot of disordered eating that's not been kind of recognized as disordered eating. And so people are like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Like, I don't understand why I have to put a budget cord around my fridge every night so that I don't get into it. Right. Or hide things in the house so that I can't find it and just eat them all at one time. 
there's a lot of that happening as well that's not really talked about and is shameful to people. There's a certain amount of understanding and it's okay and we'll work through it and figuring out those triggers that have hasn't been done for people before. Mm-hmm. Can you then take me through the journey of someone who comes to you? So if someone was interested in in your services, like we'll be very the sound of music about this. We'll start at the very beginning. Where do we start? What's the very first step? So the first thing is to go to my website, noshoesnutrition.com and sign up for a free consultation. And right away, they're going to get an email back from me, a personalized email, not an automated crazy email that just is personalist. It's me on the other end going, I would love to meet with you. Can you fill out this form? And this is just a quick couple questions. Like, what is your intention? What are you looking for? Where, what areas are you struggling in? Um, what would it mean to you to have this change in your life? What are your goals? Things like that are on this form. Very short. Mm-hmm. I made it sound a lot longer than it really is. Just a conversation opener so that I can start asking some deeper questions and digging a little deeper around these areas and start getting the person who's coming for that free consultation, some ideas to start thinking about that might help them to start their journey. Mm -hmm. And then I talk about, okay, so here's your goals. These are the different programs I have. So I don't work with people, Kyle, just one-off appointments. It's not supportive in the sense of accountability for people who really have bigger um, nutrition goals. Right. We all need that accountability. I find in life, we're a little distracted. A lot of people are accountable to other people much more so than themselves. So for me, helping to hold them accountable, they'll be accountable to me. And then during the course of the time we work together, I can help them be more accountable to themselves and build habits so that you know they can stay on track. So I work with people one month, three months, or six months at a time. During that time, The very first appointment we have is a full nutritional assessment where that's where I ask my bazillion questions I was talking about and have them fill out a couple more in-depth forms. One about lifestyle. How do you live your life? Because I'm not going to give you four meals a day to be at the stove, blah, blah, blah. If you're at work or podcasting all day, like Mm -hmm. you do, right? Like how are you supposed to eat when you're podcasting from, you know, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. at night some days, yeah, right? Like, you do not want to hear me eating chips on air. Exactly, so. <laughs> right? Well, and I don't really recommend chips, but we'll go with that in another podcast. But <laughs> your carrot sticks, there you go. Carrot sticks are crunchy, yeah. <laughs> we have to find something that's going to fit into your lifestyle. So let's find the healthiest options we can. And I'm also not going to give you a, you know, a full salmon dinner if the last thing you like is salmon, right? Right. Like I'm going to find you something with the right nutrients. Like I actually had a personal trainer one time and it had like a grape smoothie in it and I can't stand grapes. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't wrap my brain around putting grapes in a smoothie. Like, I don't know what it was about it, but it was like, totally turned me off. Right. So I've refused to do that to people. You must eat this food or you won't live till you're a hundred. Right. I want to make it practical. I'm all about practical right away at the assessment. I'll start cluing into some little things you can start doing every single week. So I start giving you a few action items for week one. And then during that week, while you're working on those action items, I'm taking the information from the assessment and putting it all together, making some connections, helping you come up with a plan to reach your goals. And I say helping you because I have lots of ideas, but you as my client have to decide how we're going to proceed because it's all on you. 
and you have to be ready. Just to break that down a bit, like what are some of the things people are coming to you for? I, I, guess, I guess I'm just assuming it's not just, oh, I want to lose weight. There's probably other things people are coming to you for. So everybody wants to lose weight, Kyle, like everybody. <laughs> so that's always a big thing. Yeah. So I want to lose 10 pounds or 15 or 50. Weight is always a thing that I'm going to have people come to me for. But when we start digging through the assessment, what ends up coming up and showing up for me is that it's not really about the weight. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm uncomfortable with myself or I don't know how to feed myself. I don't have any energy. I want to start working out, but I just can't figure out how I'm going to find the energy to do that. There's other little things like bowel issues, gut issues, Mm -hmm. constipation, diarrhea, IBS, all of that. That is a processing problem with the food that you're eating. Why is that happening? I can help you figure that out and how to eat for that, right? Food sensitivities is another one that people realize that I've been eating this food my whole life. I don't know why I can't eat it anymore, you know? And so they're trying to figure out how to feed themselves because food isn't feeling the same in their body anymore. There's headaches, there's aches and pains, like arthritic aches and pains that people come to me for. There's just skin. I get a lot of younger people that are going through puberty and things like that, that have skin issues. Then I get a lot of hormonal issues for women, like going through perimenopause, menopause, that sort of thing, or PMS, infertility. And infertility affects both men and women. So I've worked with couples for fertility issues and had quite a bit of success, actually. Okay, yeah. So it runs the whole gamut. It then are there specific clients, people that you've worked with that kind of stick out in your mind as being like huge successes? Of course there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course there is. I've had people who come in and just knock it out of the ballpark and people I really love working with. I used to think of this is my ideal client, blah, 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 from this sex and this age, blah, mm-hmm. blah. That's not my ideal client anymore. My ideal client is someone who's coming in who's motivated and willing to make changes, even though it may feel foreign to them at the time, they're willing to be open to trying some new things and changing stuff up. This isn't working. What can I do? You know, having those conversations, they're motivated, they're ready to make the changes and they are open and honest with me every week. Like, this is what I, I I ate this and I didn't know why. I don't know why I ate it. I don't know what the trigger is. We need to figure this out. Those kinds of conversations, those are the people that are going to be most successful because they're willing to work on it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it may take longer than they want, but they're not going to give up. They're motivated. They're consistent. They're persistent. And I'm there to support them 100%. How do your clients know when they are quote unquote, like done? Do they get to their one, three, six months and like, well, like brush my hands. I never have to ask questions again. Or is it like a more involved process? Or is it more that you're just giving them the tools so that they can be successful? So that's the idea. My programs, there's a huge component of education. Mm -hmm. We figure out where the balance is for your body and that might change over time. So yeah, I'm always here for asking questions post-program. I have a couple clients that I've worked with years ago that still follow me, ask questions and send me emails to update me on where they're at with how things are going with their lifestyle now. Like have they been able to maintain? Are they slipping up? Like what's going on? One of my most awesomest clients I ever had, she just went in for surgery. I had her a couple, Mm. she was working with me for a couple of years ago. She just went in for surgery last month. And before she went in, she was like, what do I do? 
how do I maintain this? Well, I'm not active at all. How do I keep on track? Is there anything I should be doing before surgery, after surgery? And so we talked about it. She came in and we had a good conversation. I gave her some action items for before and after, and she's doing fantastic, Mm. right? She's keeping up with everything and she has the tools in her toolbox now to be able to navigate most situations. That's great. Just to kind of tie this all up in a nice little bow. If people are out there and they're listening and they're like, I, I, you know, maybe this is what I want to do. Maybe this is the person that I can talk to and, and start me on this journey. What advice would you give to them? What should they do first? So the first thing I would do is reach out for a free consultation and just let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about like our personalities. Let's talk about our struggles and what your goals are. And we can map out where this is realistically going to, how long it would realistically take. You know, it's a lot different for someone who wants to lose 10 pounds and, you know, tighten up a little bit of flab versus someone who wants to lose 50 to 75 pounds, right? The Mm timeline is going to be different and it has to be done in a healthy way. So I'm not bad diet pusher at all. I like to make small changes over days, weeks, months, and those add up to big changes in the body, big results. And I'll ask you some really hard questions to see if you're ready, Mm -hmm. if you're ready to do this. And I always want to know why. So I get a lot of women who are like, Oh, I really want to lose 40 pounds. Why? And if it's not for the right reasons, we have a conversation around that. And what are the right reasons? Well, it could range anywhere from like, I want to be sexy again, right? All the way to like, I I care about my health. But if you're doing it for someone else, or if you're doing it because you just think it's the right thing to do, because that's what someone told you, those reasons why are not going to keep you focused for the long term. Especially if you're doing it for somebody else. I can speak for myself. Anything I've ever done in my life that I thought I had to do for someone else, it's so not sustainable in the long term because you haven't internalized it yet. This is not for you. This is for someone else to impress them. I also love the idea of that free consultation. One, because you don't have to be necessarily local to where you are, right? You can do this all virtually, which is nice. But also to that, it is good to try it out with someone and see, yeah, is this person going to be a good fit? Like everyone has different things that they you know, like, don't like, that sort of thing. So I think it's always great to have that opportunity to be like, yeah, is this going to be a good fit? Yeah, and I am absolutely not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I get that. Like, I really, I really get that. Personalities matter. And like, I'm very enthusiastic. I'm very like, yeah, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. But that might be overwhelming for someone or, you know, too much contact for certain people. They might want to take some stuff and go away from it. Whereas I'm like, I really want to see you every week kind of thing. So we can work on those things and we can, you know, have conversations around those things and why I feel like very strongly about setting my, my meetings up that way. And that free consultation is important, I think. Well, thank you so much for talking with me here today, Megan. We've talked about your website, which will be linked down into the show notes. But if uh, people wanted to stay in contact with you on like social media or anywhere else, are there ways to do so? Absolutely. I'm on Instagram. I am on Facebook as well, just under No Shoes Nutrition in both places. And I really wanted to mention that we are going to have some click and go programs coming out on our website in the next year. So that if you're not maybe fully ready to jump into a one-on-one program with me. Um, You can test the waters a little bit. And so that should be coming, I would say by June, July at the latest. I can't see it taking that long to get that first, those first couple of programs out there. Um, One is just going to be a rejuvenate program where it's like eight days. So Mm. rejuvenate, clever, right? (laughs) Um, And so a rejuvenate program where 
you kind of just go through the first steps of the program, like clean this up, get this going, stay on track for eight days. And then if you get the eight days done, like maybe you extend that to, you know, 14 days or whatever it works for your body and starting the habits and starting to build in actions every single day to get you to your goals. So that's the first program that will coming out. And then we're going to be doing a few cleanses that are just easily followable online by yourself. So all the information will be there, some videos, uh, information packages, um, little journals that you can keep track of everything in, all available online and meal plans, of course, to go with all those programs. Just don't make me drink a grape smoothie. No grape smoothies. I promise (laughs) no grape smoothies. I promise no weird foods. Perfect. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. All the links to follow up with Megan are in the show notes. Until we speak again, have a great day. Oh, 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 oh.